Hey, voice teachers, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's episode is all about private studio policies, payment, cancellation, oh, makeup lessons, and all the other really important things families need to know about how our studios work. Now, whether you are new to teaching or you have been teaching successfully for many years, creating updating, and of course, enforcing your lesson policy can be really stressful. But fear not, I have some great teacher tips and some really great resources for you on today's podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hey, voice teachers, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Today, Uh, We've got a hot topic. We are talking all about private music lesson studio policies. How do you feel about your teaching studio policies? I guess the question I should ask is, are they working for you? Did you have a good year in business? Do you feel that your time is being respected? Uh, How do you handle makeup lessons? Oh, makeup lessons. Well, I have some really fantastic information for you. I have actually been doing quite a bit of research, not just online. Now, I have found some fantastic online resources, which I'm going to share today. But I've also been talking to a lot of my colleagues. I am really lucky. I have a very large community of not only talented educators, but music teachers that are very smart business people and are running very successful teaching studios. And I really have to shout out to my colleagues from my registered music teachers branch because they found time in their busy schedules to talk to me, but they also shared a lot of their business stories. And it was really inspiring and uh, gave me a lot of courage because as much as I would like to tell you, that I've done all this research for you, the listener. The bottom line is that not only do I, but my husband as well, we are actually in the process right now of updating our lesson policy. And it's a big overhaul. So we've had some concerns. We have some anxiety about it. Um, Now, at the time of recording this podcast, it's mid-June. And uh, this is the time of year when a lot of teachers are updating their policies. Maybe it's just a lesson fee increase. Maybe you have some new and exciting programs to offer in the fall and letting your students know about it now by issuing a new lesson policy. That's actually a very smart business move. So my husband and I... oh. And before I continue, you know, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I really want you to know I am in the trenches just like you. I've been teaching for a long time, but I still struggle with late payments and cancellations. And right now I have an enormous amount of students that have requested makeup lessons. The problem is I don't have any more time in my day and bouncing people around in my schedule has gotten a little stressful and I know you've all experienced this. So um, uh, my husband, um, he is, uh, you know, he's been teaching for 28 years. This is a big change for us. We are uh, moving away from the um, monthly lesson fee payment structure 
where people look at how many lessons they're going to get in a month and then they issue you a check. Um, And we are moving to the yearly tuition fee structure of lessons. Now, many of you have already moved into this, but for those of you who don't know what that is, you look at your, your year calendar, you determine how many weeks you are available to teach, omitting any holiday weeks or statutory holidays or weeks that you want to take off for whatever reason. You times the number of weeks that you're going to teach and you divide that between the months that you are teaching. And that gives your families and you a flat fee every month. And there's a lot of benefits to that policy. Now, that's not for everybody. And that's one of the things we're going to discuss today. But we've got a big change. And uh, my husband, my husband's little concerned. So I have personally, personally promised that if he loses any students, I will, I will go out and find him new students. And that might mean that in September, I am taking guitar lessons, which would probably stress my husband out more than losing all of his students. <laughs> so, but uh, we, uh, we've, uh, I've got some great ideas for you today. I'm really, uh, I'm really kind of inspired. And I'm actually, I'm actually really excited to, uh, to get started on my next year of teaching because uh, my policy's all set up, my policy's all laid out, my calendar's all set up. So let's get started. I know that you know that having a policy is essential. You must have a policy if you are doing business. And it has nothing to do with being a music teacher. Anybody who is running a business, who is providing a service for a fee, needs to have a document that defines the business relationship. So we need to let people know the services that we are offering, the fees that we are expecting, the way that we we are expecting to be paid, and all the other little details that will allow us to run our businesses safely and smoothly. And um, the other thing that uh, if you're just starting out, If you're just starting out, this is tricky because policies are very different. There is no one policy will fit all teachers. Uh, Your circumstances are different from mine. They're different from your colleagues. They're different from the teacher maybe teaching in the the studio down the street from you. Um, Your students may have different requirements. There's so many factors that will um, make your situation unique. So it really is something that you want to sit down and really carefully think about. Now, as far as updating... As you, as you go through uh, with your business and as you learn and as you have things arise in your business, um, perfect example is one of the reasons that Sean and I are now uh, updating our policies because our policy isn't working anymore. We've had some, we've had some issues uh, in the last six months, actually, uh, that has, a, has had a great impact on our income. Um, the month of December, we had an enormous amount of cancellations. And uh, we actually had a really um, stressful holiday season because our income fluctuated so greatly. That's never happened to us before. Uh, for many years, for many years, our policy was working 
working just fine. But we recognize now that something has changed, things have changed, so we need to update our policies. Now, a policy update could be a simple fee increase. And if you are updating your policies, you do need to give people a heads up. Uh, My son's piano teacher uh, gave me the copy of his new policy uh, actually about a month ago. That is something that requires forward thinking and planning ahead, which is something I don't know about you, but I always feel as a teacher, uh, I'm planning and planning and planning ahead. Now, the other thing that uh, we need to remember is our policies need to be available. So if you're a teacher with a website, your policies need to be updated on your website as well. You do not want to have new policies that you've handed to people and old policies on your website. So I know updating websites is not first and foremost on most of our our, uh, to-do lists. Um, But um, you need to have your new policy on your website. You need to have uh, it available as a PDF that you can email to people. And you need to have a hard copy that you hand to people. And if you've got some changes, you might need to highlight those changes when you're handing to them. And in fact, I actually recommend that you just sit down with people and just kind of go over it. I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, a little later. So... What goes in your policy? What information is essential for your policy? Well, there is a lot of information that we have to give our families and our students, and there's lots of details that we need to give them. Uh, The thing that we want to really focus on as well as not just only the details, but how they're written. So your policies shouldn't be just a list of rules and then a list of punishments if the rules are broken. Um, Your policy needs to have a bit of personality in it. It needs to have your enthusiasm. It needs to have, uh, obviously, your guidelines and how you want to do business. And yes, it needs to have some details about what happens if this relationship isn't working out. But there there are ways to word it so that it's not so abrupt or harsh. Now, some teachers get really uncomfortable with the concept of a of a policy. They don't like that. Well, then call it a welcome letter. A welcome letter that basically welcomes people to your studio, but basically is a policy because you're giving them all the rules and the guidelines. Whatever you want to call it, uh, it still does the same thing. Now, I have to tell you, I came across a fantastic website Uh, I have to shout out to Wendy Stevens from ComposeCreate.com. Now, I don't know Wendy. Um, I'm going to send her an email, tell her I talked about her in my podcast. But uh, she has brilliant resources. Now, her website is piano teaching and, and piano resources, but a lot of her information is business solutions and business strategies for private teachers. And um, she's got this brilliant, and it's free, uh, Piano Policies, The Complete Guide, uh, Making Yours Effective and Enforceable. It's a free PDF. It's a five-page PDF, and it is really well-written, brilliant, with actually lots of suggested wording. 
And I think this is wonderful because I think that's one of the most difficult things. You want to be pleasant. You want to be businesslike in your policy, but you also want to, um, you know, have a friendly tone and, and, and be enthusiastic about what you do. It's kind of, a, it's a fine line. So I, I understand when some teachers get a little frustrated when they're trying to write their policies. Well, Wendy's done an amazing job. Absolutely amazing. She's laid it all out with lots of additional information for those of you who are looking for more resources. Now, um, in her uh, in her PDF, you know, she goes through step by step all the things what should be in your policy and why it should be there. And I have to say, it's brilliant. Now, I I do say for us vocal teachers, there are some things that I think are different for us. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But the essentials for any private music teacher policy, um, I think um, one of the things that Wendy talks about, one of the things that uh, I've uh, tried to do, and one of the things that um, Chris Foley, my son's piano teacher, did, is there's a personal note so the beginning of the policy is a friendly, um, enthusiastic, personal note. And it basically shares the enthusiasm that you have for them being your students and for your teaching business, what you love teaching. That's in your first couple of sentences. Um, now, actually, I'm going to read this right out of Wendy's PDF here because it's really beautiful. So it says, thank you for choosing me as your piano teacher in order to ensure that you or your child get the most effective and creative teaching possible. I have established the following policies. That's I think that's great. I think that that's welcoming and um, a really nice way to start the business contract off. Now, of course, once you get past that, you go into your tuition, your structure, your schedule, late fees. Now, one thing that I love, and again, this is in the language of the of the policy. So instead of lesson fees, um, we she uses tuition fees. I think that's an important, uh, you know, use of words. The other one, and this is something I really, I took, I actually went back and corrected my policy before I handed it out. Do not use makeup lesson policy. Don't use the word makeup lessons. Use missed lessons. Cancellations and missed lessons. Chris Foley did that as well. Because uh, if you're not, uh, interested, if you can't, if you are moving away from a makeup lesson policy, then don't use the word because as soon as you put makeup lesson, then people are going to ask for makeup lessons. I thought that was a brilliant tip. It seems obvious, but we often don't think about the language that we use. And I love what she says. So for those of you who are moving away from providing makeup lessons, I love what she she says here. So this is her her um, Wendy Stevens, this is in her PDF, this is her wording. If a student misses a lesson, they will simply miss the benefit of that lesson. Remember that your tuition pays far more than just lesson time with your child. You can also opt to use the swap list, FaceTime, Skype, or simply call to chat about your child's progress during the time that is reserved for your child. So she's not going to give you a makeup lesson, but she's giving you other options. So if you're a teacher that does the swap list, um, nowadays, and what I'm going to be doing in the fall is uh, my schedule is online. 
And if a student is going to be away, that opens up a spot in my schedule. I'm going to let students book their own um, uh, missed lessons, makeup lessons. I'm not going to use that word. And um, so that would be in my policy. If you miss a lesson, this is what you do. I think that's really well written. And uh, I love the wording that she uses. I don't think it, it is abrupt. And, and I, think it's, uh, I think it's easy to digest. If you're a parent, I think that's a little easier than no makeup lessons ever. <laughs> Punishable by death. That wouldn't go over well. Now, um, the other things that, the other essentials that I think, and, and Wendy agrees with me, uh, should be on a, a policy. Um, communication, how you want to be, how you want to be contacted by parents. Um, you know, I, I think with today, with Facebook and texting, I think sometimes parents think that they can contact us 24 hours a day. So if you want to, um, control and take back some of your private time, putting in a communication, uh, details about how that you can be contacted and when you can be contacted is really helpful. Um, I, I remember getting texts at like 10 o'clock at night. I, I was in bed reading a book. Now, uh, the other things, student commitment, extra books, materials, how you're going to handle that. And of course, you need to have a place for dismissal and when things don't go right. It's always important to to discuss and, and to document, you know, if these things happen, then you will forfeit your lessons. Now, for voice teachers, we have some unique situations. Now, first and foremost, um, I, I know my piano colleagues do not like when sing, uh, with when kids come in sick. Uh, I, I think the same thing goes for um, uh, voice teachers and how you handle um, lessons when the child is sick. So piano lessons when a child has a cold, I know that's not great. But if the child is trying to sing and they are, they've got a sore throat. So again, you might want to clarify, um, you know, I always say to my kids, if you come in and you've got a sore throat, you've got a bit of a cold, then we will be doing uh, what I call a no singing lesson. We actually had a podcast on those and we would do more theory, more ear training. And I let people know. Um, there's, there's also occasional students. I don't know if our piano colleagues have to deal with that as much as we do with vocalists. Um, we have adults, maybe they're semi-professionals or professionals or they're performers um, or they're auditioning and they're not regular students but they come in periodically so how are you going to handle occasional lessons personally again this is just me I think that people that come in occasionally for either coaching, I think that fee should be larger than your regular weekly fee. Um, and I think obviously you need to let them know that uh, it's their, your availability is pending uh, on the students that have committed to regular lessons. So that's something I think voice teachers need to have in their policy. Now, uh, nowadays, the other thing, and this is something that we do have to really seriously think about, if you um, are taking, if you have a website or you are active on social media, maybe your studio has a Facebook page, you need to ask parents 
if they want their children to be photographed and, and their images shared and how you plan on doing that. Parents do not have to gr- agree to that, as you know, but you need to know and you need to inform them that uh, this is something that you do and give them the option to either opt in or opt out. And we do have to be respectful of people's privacies. So make sure that you get permission, photo releases, um, and make sure you know uh, how parents feel about social media. Some parents do not want their children on social media. And that also goes with how you want to communicate with people. Is it through Facebook, Facebook Messenger? All of those things need to be clarified and they can be done in your policy. Now, the other things. So again, this is personal, uh, um, but do you have a registration fee? Um, Do you have a book fee? Do you have recital fees? Any other additional fees need to be listed. So those are the essentials in your policies. Now, I have a couple of other suggestions and uh, the reason that these have come up is because I've been reading some some uh, teacher threads on Facebook and LinkedIn. So there's been some conversation about this. But the other important information that you really need to have in your policy, if you're teaching out of your home uh, and there's uh, a parking issue. Ah, yes. So you have to make sure that you are not going to make your neighbors angry. Um, And the last thing you want is the bylaw officer knocking on your door. Now, there are lots of teachers with horror stories about how their home studio had to be shut down because a neighbor got angry uh, or, or they were violating bylaws. There are some cities that have bylaws against working out of your home. And parking is always a tricky thing. Um, And you want to make sure that you're not making any of your neighbors angry. Um, So uh, make sure if you if you need to put details about parking, it needs to go in your policy. My teacher tip, draw a picture, draw a picture, a little diagram, put an X where you don't want them to park and put a check mark or a square or a little car where you want them to park. Trust me, they'll read your policy, but they won't understand it. So That's the other thing that I think is a really good thing to have on your policy. Now, the one thing that I did this year, and I have to tell you, every single one of my families was so happy about this. I like they were absolutely thrilled. So in figuring out my fees and my the dates that I'm available and all the holidays and the statutories uh, holidays, I also took the time to book all my recitals, all my performances, and the rehearsals, I have booked my entire year. And I did this for two reasons. One, um, I wanted to make sure that the church sanctuary was available, so I booked that way in advance. Two, I know how crazy busy my families are, and I, I, I don't want them to miss the recital. So I want, I want them to know that I'm super organized, and uh, this is the date of the recitals, and um, they, ha- they can plan. They can now plan around that. So uh, every single parent, when I handed the new policy to them, I, the first thing I said, it wasn't, here's, your, here's my new policy. I said to them, 
I have all of next year booked and ready to go for you so you can you can see what's happening next year. They were thrilled. So I think your yearly calendar with all the dates, if, you're, if your students do examinations, get the examination deadlines and dates on there, everything. It's all there. Moms and dads, busy families will really appreciate that. So those are some of the details. Uh, And again, like I said, you have to look at your studio and what you need and details that you need to tell people and put that on your policy. But like I I was saying, uh, composecreate.com, amazing job, absolutely amazing job, a really great resource with so much great wording. I have to I have to to say thank you to Wendy because I took a lot of the wording from her suggestions, put it into my policy and it just it reads really well. It's really enthusiastic. It still sets the ground the the ground rules and but it sets a really good tone and has a nice energy to it, I have to say. So those are all the essentials and a couple of extras that you're going to want to put in to your policy. Now, one of the other little teacher tips and little things to consider, and and I think this is important now, we have so much technology available to us. So my question to you, before you whip up this awesome policy, can you use technology to make it easier for your families to do business with you? The answer is yes. There are so many tools. Now, I use my music staff, but there is Music Teachers Helper. A lot of teachers use that and they love it. There's also generic um, non-industry-based scheduling programs out there that, you know, schedule like for hairdressers or for massage therapists. or um, And a lot of teachers are using those. And they collect payments and you can do online payments. Um, my music staff allows you to collect uh, credit card payments and I've had actually several families for a long time that have preferred would have loved to have been able to pay with credit card and and to be perfectly honest with you I, I just I don't know I thought it would be more difficult than it was I finally looked into it it literally took me 30 seconds to set up and uh, it's very easy and uh, it's made uh, uh, quite a few of my families really happy uh, they would prefer to pay with credit card Um, We have to remember um, that uh, most children's activities are either automatically debited out of our accounts or we have scheduled credit card payments. And um, I know one of the things that teachers struggle with is late payments. People forget their checkbook. People forget to bring cash. Uh, So the credit card thing can actually go a long way with just saving you a lot of time and a lot of headache. And it just makes things go easier for families as well. So that's one thing that uh, before you write out your policies, you might want to check into how can I modernize my studio business? How can I make it easier for people to do business with me. The other thing that, um, uh, like I was saying earlier, um, the online scheduling thing allows people to go in and book their own times. Now, this is an interesting thing because not only just for makeup lessons, but if you are a voice teacher that has students that drop in or, you know, don't have a schedule where they can book the same time each week, you can give them access to your online uh, schedule and they can book themselves in. That is very convenient. 
I, I do that with my son's haircuts. I love it. I'm like, hmm, can he get a haircut today? <gasps> yes, he can at five o'clock. And I book him in and off we go. Um, convenience, online convenience is so important. On the other side of that, um, you know, one of the summer camps that I registered my son for did not have online registration. And I have to say, it was a real drag. I found it really frustrating and I was really annoyed that I had to print up this form and fill it out and scan it and email it. Um, so if you can modernize your studio and use the technology it is, that is out there, um, it will make your families happy and make it easier for everyone to uh, to pay you and to do business with you. So just a little uh, tip there. Okay, so if you have updated your policy, you've printed out this beautiful new document, you've updated your website, you've got everything ready, um, and you're now you're kind of stressed out because you've got to tell people. I have to tell you, in all honesty, I felt a little bit of this anxiety um, when this past week, actually, uh, I had to tell families that... Uh, we're not doing this month by month thing and uh, you're not canceling lessons at the beginning of the month. But I didn't do it like that. Evil Nikki would have done it like that. But uh, Nikki that's done a lot of research and hung out on Wendy's website for a few hours and talked to her colleagues. Uh, the biggest teacher tip is that your policy is, um, uh, is if it's worded well and written well, uh, and it's got a lot of great features and you have some enthusiasm and an, an excitement in it, um, you kind of sell it. And one of the wordings that I did take from Wendy, because Sean and I are changing, we're going from monthly to tuition-based, um, the wording that we used is, um, uh, you know, Sean and I, Sean and I have... Uh, reorganized the way we will be doing business. No longer will you have to worry about how much lessons are each month, making it easier for you to budget for lessons. So the new policy that we're moving into, we basically sold it. Well, I sold it. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about it, actually. And I really am. I believe that it will be easier for my families and I will believe and I will believe <laughs> I hope I will believe I do believe that is going to be great for me and Sean. So when parents came in, the first thing I said to them was, I have all of next year booked. I've got everything ready for you. I'm really excited about some changes I've made. I just want to go over them quickly with you. I didn't do Unfortunately, I've had some problems this year with how my business has been running and I've had to make some changes because I'm just a little stressed out. That's not a good sales pitch. So be enthusiastic about your policy, not fearful of it. And one of the best pieces of business advice I ever got was um, if you're going to be in business, you have to be okay with having conversations about money. I'm going to repeat that because it's a good one. If you're going to be in business and you're going to be successful in business, you have to be okay with having conversations about money. Um, the other thing, too, we need to remember is that policies are different everywhere you go. 
the policy at the at the karate school versus my piano teacher's policies versus my policies, um, you know, the after school program. Everybody has different rules. It's really easy for families to get confused. The other thing that we need to remember is if your student is a transfer student, if they are coming from another teacher, they who knows what kind of routines and policies they've had. And, you know, taking on a new student, that's one of the challenges. Now, I, I actually have a little teaser for everyone. Um, I have a really fantastic podcast coming up. You're not going to want to miss it. It's it's with a colleague of mine. Her name's Jennifer Smeal. She has a workshop on the art of teaching transfer students. And that's actually one of the things she talks about is that families are often coming from uh, another teacher's studio and they've had different payment policies, cancellation policies, all of that stuff. So getting them on board with your policies is going to take some time. You will have to remind people and that's okay. Don't take it personally. Uh, don't feel like they're attacking you. And, and don't automatically jump to the conclusion that they are deliberately um, going against your policies. Now, I think one of the best tips that I got from one of my colleagues is that um, the best thing that teachers can do, and I'm really guilty with this, I I do have to admit my husband too, uh, is you need to keep on top of your bookkeeping. Are you shivering right now? (laughs) Bookkeeping. Now, again, if you're using programs like My Music Staff or Music Teacher's Helper or a generic scheduler, um, it shouldn't be that difficult. But I am guilty of coming home after a long day of teaching and watching Netflix, not doing my bookkeeping. All right? There's some good shows on there, and I'm, I just need some wind-down time, right? Um, but if you, if you don't keep on top of your bookkeeping, it's really easy for families to, <laughs> to become behind in their payments. Well, they might not be doing it deliberately, but your reminder comes a little too late and then bad habits form. So really the best way to enforce your policies is keep on top of your bookkeeping, keep the lines of communication open, um, know when it's time to remind people of your policies and, um, you know, make sure that that you are, are always uh, communicating with moms, with dads, with students. That's probably the best way to enforce your policies. Now, what do you do if a family really, really, really has problem an issue with your policies. This is our biggest fear, right? We're afraid of losing our families. The truth of the matter is, is that yes, you will have some people that think that you are a, you know, that they should only pay for the the time they receive with you. Some people are actually ridiculous about it, you know. Um, I had a student once that uh, got angry when I try when I went and I talked too much and she didn't sing enough in her lessons. And she's like, I, I didn't feel like I sang enough in that lesson and you owe me some extra time. Like some people are ridiculous. Their expectations are different. And those are the students, unfortunately, um, they're not your people. Let them go. And let not only do you let them go back into the universe, but you 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 let the insult go with them. 
Uh, it is part of being a business person. You will deal with people that don't get you, that don't understand. And um, it's, it's always a tough thing. And sometimes people can be really unkind about it. But the stronger you are and the more you believe in the value of what you do, um, the, the, you won't, it won't be as difficult as, as you think. So there you have it. That's a lot of information. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to have a little bit of fun because policies aren't that much fun. Uh, we have been doing this podcast for just, well, yeah, it's been a year. And my SoundCloud account tells me that I have voice teachers from all over the world listening to our podcast. So for wherever you are, thank you very much for uh, listening, for your time. I hope you find the podcast to be helpful. Um, I would love, I would really love, if, uh, if you're enjoying the podcasts or if you have ideas for new podcasts, uh, send me an email. My email address is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at thefullvoice.com. Send me an email. Let me know where you're listening from. Uh, send me your address because I'm going to send you in the mail, regular mail, uh, a little notes dictation book. There's these little mini notebooks that we have here at The Full Voice. They're super cute. The kids love them. I'd be more than happy to pop one in the mail for you. So uh, wherever you are, we've got teachers all over uh, Europe and down in the States. I've met some wonderful teachers down there. And of course, my colleagues here in Canada, we have teachers down in the Caribbean. I would love to go to the Caribbean. Um, but send us a message. Let us know. And I'm going to put a date on this. So if you can send me an email before July 1st, 2016, I will be more than happy to send you the notes dictation book. So there you have it. Thank you so much. And good luck if you're rewriting or revamping or updating your policies. You've got a lot of great information. Please visit our website uh, and our podcast page for links to other great resources. And as usual, happy singing. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www. Dot the full voice dot com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoe Music dot CA. Hey, voice teachers, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music. I'm testing the levels, and I just like to say, yeah. <laughs>